This is Talk of the Town, and I'm Bob Cutmore. We're heard on Magic 590, plus 100.5 in Albany, and in the North Country on 1410 and 96.9. A bit later in the program, we're going to go on a tour of the city of Albany. But right now, we're speaking with Deborah Emmons and Darowitz, who is executive director of Historic Cherry Hill, an historic site on South Pearl Street in Albany. Uh, Deborah, would you say that Historic Cherry Hill is a house museum? Uh, absolutely. Uh, it was once the home of the Van Rensselaer family, and uh, today it's open to the public um, to give uh, people that uh, wonderful sense of uh, you know what it was like uh, to live during a different point in history uh, through through the lens of of one family. Uh, we offer tours uh, of the house, uh, so yes, that I believe that that would do uh, okay. <laughs> the description of a, a historic house museum. Yeah, and really, and there are house museums all over the place in a sense. I mean, it's a I you yeah. know I don't want to demean it, but it's it's a common sort of thing. Uh, probably the most common museum in America, actually. Yeah. So, as you just said, generations of the Van Rensselaer and Rankin families lived in the house. When was the house built, and who was the uh, original Van Rensselaer who, or Van Rensselaers who lived there? The house was built in 1787 for Philip and Mariah Van Rensselaer. Uh, the Van Rensselaer family was, of course, uh, an enormous uh, wealthy uh, and powerful family in early New York. Um, the uh, main branch of the family owned, of course, this uh, vast patronship of Rensselaer Wick. Um, Philip Van Rensselaer was not from that um, patroon branch of the family, mm-hmm. um, but he was a Van Rensselaer, so he did have access to sort of the, uh, the name and the connections that went along with it. And he was himself um, a wealthy and successful uh, merchant. Uh, Essentially, he um, brought agricultural goods from the hinterlands of upstate New York down uh, to the the port at New York and uh, sold them there. And from there brought up um, finished goods that were coming in from uh, Europe um, and, uh, and, the, and the East, um, and also things like rum and sugar, and mm-hmm. and sold those things uh, up, up in the Albany area. And I hate to blindside you with this question. So he was not a slave trader, was he, or was he? He was not a slave trader, no. Uh, the family did own slaves, however. Yeah. Um, and also, what had he done in the war? You know, because it sounds like his house was built 1787. He was alive during the Revolution. He was. He was actually the commissary of stores uh, under uh, Philip Schuyler. Um, and so, you know, involved in, you know, supplies and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And there was a murder at Sherry Hill, the historic home on South Pearl Street in Albany, New York, a murder in the 1800s. There was a murder in 1827. Um, it's quite a scandalous story and uh, much more juicy than uh, many historic houses can offer, certainly. Um, <clears throat> so in 1827, uh, the Van Rensselaer family had taken in uh, uh, borders, 
they were members of the extended family. Uh, so Elsie Whipple uh, uh, was a relation of Philip P. Van Rensselaer's wife, and uh, she was a Lansing. Uh, and she was living at Cherry Hill along with her husband, uh, John Whipple. Uh, Elsie had an affair with a hired hand, mm. uh, Jesse Strang, who was going by the alias of Joseph Orton at the time. What we can say for, for certain is that Jesse uh, murdered her husband. Um, he climbed up on a shed roof that came just outside of their bedroom window and shot John uh, Whipple through the window. Um, he staggered out into the hall. He cried, oh, Lord, and he, he died there in the hall. There was an inquest and investigation of the murder that also took place um, right at the house. Uh, he, was, he was laid out in a room that we uh, now interpret as a guest bedroom. He was uh, arrested. He indicated that uh, Elsie was uh, not only his accomplice, but the architect of the whole thing. Uh, she was also arrested. Um, both of them were tried. He was found guilty and hanged in um, the last public hanging in the city of Albany. Really? Um, there were 30,000 or so uh, people uh, estimated to have been in attendance. Um, Elsie's trial was at least as sensational, but she was found innocent. Um, and there's a lot of stuff going on here in terms of gender. Uh, so we don't know, really, for sure, whether Elsie mm -hmm. was behind it, as Jesse says she was. She did have motive. Um, she was a wealthy heiress, but because of you know, property law in New York, she had absolutely no control of any of her money. She had married John Whipple when she was only 14 years old, and she went from being um, you know, a ward of the Van Rensselaers after her parents had died uh, to being essentially um, a ward of her husband. Mm -hmm. um, so she had very little control and, and uh, certainly does not seem to have liked that situation very much. Um, but in terms of why she was found innocent, um, essentially the, the judge said that she... Um, could not have been uh, capable uh, and devious enough to, to control a wily man like Jesse Strang, that she was merely, you know, an instrument in Jesse Strang's hand. So even in terms of um, that judgment, there was a lot going on in terms of both gender and uh, class, uh, you can say. Mm. Um, another interesting issue involved in the story, there was an enslaved woman still at Cherry Hill in 1827, Dinah Jackson. And um, because of the end of slavery, uh, July 4th of that year, uh, Dinah was, was free by the time that the trials took place. And uh, she was able to testify um, against Jesse, Jesse Strang. And she did have kind of a critical piece of evidence because uh, Jesse had... Uh, before doing the deed himself, asked Dinah, who was the cook at Cherry Hill, whether she would be willing to poison. Really? So, yeah. So, you know, he had kind of tried to, to do it uh, already. Uh, so she was kind of an important witness. So there's a lot going on in the story, you know, in terms of 
um, you know, uh, how, how crime and punishment were dealt with in, in the early 19th century, gender, class, uh, slavery. Um, it's a juicy story, but also historically a very rich story. Thanks to Deborah Emmons and Darowis, Executive Director of Historic Cherry Hill and Historic Home on South Pearl Street in Albany, for joining us on Talk of the Town. You can find out more about that uh, historic site at historiccherryhill.org. Magic 590's Talk of the Town continues. I'm Bob Cudmore. Maeve McEnany is going to take us on a history tour of Albany. That's actually part of her job to research and present tours. Maeve McEnany is Education and Heritage Coordinator at the Albany Visitor Center. I had a chance to take one of her tours with folks from the Amsterdam Free Library, where I'm part of their Amsterdam Reads program. We had just had a discussion of a history novel written by Robin Oliveira called Winter Sisters, set in the late 1800s in Albany. Maeve McEnany researched that topic for our tour. What was downtown Albany like almost 150 years ago? Yeah, the thing that strikes me so much as we look at the structure of the city, uh, particularly on our tour, which is that lower downtown State Street and below, I love that our footprint is so similar. You know, while we have had buildings um, change and shift, but at the same time, when we're walking on Broadway, we were walking the same streets that the characters from the books would have walked, or we talked about, um, you know, when Abraham Lincoln had visited Albany, These, this was the footprint. You can actually trace where he would have walked. Um, so while the architecture, we still are, are lucky enough to have some of our, our older buildings, uh, but, the, you know, architectures and style change, but that footprint to me, you can even trace it back to the 1600s to Fort Orange. I just find that incredible. It is. I mean, I hate to, you know, be sort of a I don't know if it's being a nitpicker or what, but I used to work for the state university at, at in the downtown location yeah. at the system administration. And I don't remember when they built SUNY system administration, a parking garage, mm-hmm. they discovered, I'll never forget, there was, what was her name, Karen Hartgen, the ar- architect yeah. or the ar- yeah. archaeological researcher. She's told, for some reason I got the... Uh, bid to go to the meeting where she was going to explain what she had found. And she said, ladies and gentlemen, we have uncovered the 16th century. Or the 17th, well, anyway. 17th, yeah. 17th century. I've made that mistake, mistake too. Don't worry. (laughs) The 17th century. Yeah. And the thing was that where Broadway, where, where SUNY Central and now the Dormitory Authority and so forth are, that was still the harbor then, or that was the waterfront. And that's yeah. what they uncovered, was it, you know... Yeah, if, if we're talking near... Um, yeah, so there, there's where SUNY Plaza uh, was being built, uh, and by where I uh, work, which is the Albany Visitor Center on the corner of Clinton and Broadway, there's the parking garage where they found the old rum distillery, the Quackenbush <laughs> Rum Distillery, <laughs> which was the uh, the best-preserved rum distillery from the colonial era, pretty much in the country. Um, and so I also, as the educator, I do tours for all ages. Today I did a tour of second graders, and I remind them as we're walking through Albany, you're walking over history. I mean, if you dig down deep enough, you know, you could find Delft tile. You could find those clay pipes. Uh, they would be all over. 
Yeah. And maybe I should say a little bit more about you. Maybe you get tired of hearing about this, but, but you're from an historic family, really. I you, am, yeah. It's, uh, it's in my blood. You're a seventh-generation Albany native. That's right. And, and lifelong resident. And the, the ones that I know from your family are, um, well, involved in politics. Like your father was a state assemblyman, correct, John yeah. uh, McEnany? But he also has this lively interest in history. He's written a history book of Albany. Yeah, my uh, he wrote the history book of Albany, Capital City on the Hudson, uh, and uh, he really, you know, he has a wonderful career as a uh, as a politician, as a public figure. But he really, at the end of the day, you ask him, and he says that he's an historian. Uh, even that, he breaks down to say he's a storyteller. <laughs> so, as a child, we would explore Albany. Albany was his playground. Uh, my brother, who's a, a playwright, he even says it was his Narnia. You know, we would just, it was a magical city. But of course, as a child, you know, you have this father who is known for history. So what would you think I, as a child, obviously I was like, oh, no, 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 not history. <laughs> History's not for me. I'm not into that, right? That's my dad's thing. Right. And so what he would do, though, as we would walk around is he would say, okay, okay, it's not history, but maybe he'd tell a ghost story. And a ghost story, which really at the essence, and I've, I've do um, I wrote what what I believe is the first ghost tour of the city of Albany. You know, he finds that kind of crux, you know, that's about people. So he would trick us by telling us about people and personalities. And uh, and meanwhile, little did we know we were learning about the history sure. of this great city. Uh, so I went to school as an English education major. Uh, so And I have my master's in English as well. Uh, but when I graduated, I started giving tours with the Albany Aqueducts to just, you know, make a little money. This is a, you know, stopgap. But then I found I really liked it. It mm-hmm. was teaching. It was performing because I have also a theater background. Uh, it was everything I liked. And then I started to uncover the city for my own. Of course, I had the foundation from my father, but to be able to explore and, and discover on my own, and he would fill in the blanks for me. And so he hasn't said, I told you so, <laughs> but <laughs> that, you know, that of course, that we would discover it. But he always said, you know, my kids had to find it for their own. And, and in my case, I definitely did. Have you ever performed with him? Uh, we have done uh, tours together, uh, and a lot of times we end up like teasing each other. Uh, one of my favorite memories is I used to be a tour guide at the State Capitol building. Mm-hmm. So I was a formal tour guide, but my father would do tours as well for, for special groups. And one time we went into the Senate chamber, and if you, if anyone has been to the the, uh, the Senate chamber in the Capitol, um, the acoustics are nearly perfect mm-hmm. to the point where the senators would have to tuck into the fireplaces that didn't work to have a, a private conversation. Well, wouldn't you know, two McEnany's enter. <laughs> uh, there's a balcony on either side. And so what do we do? And with no rehearsal, we tag-teamed it. So I gave one half of the Senate tour, and he gave the other half of the Senate tour. And you would have thought we completely rehearsed it. <laughs> and the acoustics were so beautiful, we just had to project, and we were able to fill uh, the whole chamber with our stories. So um, that was a lot of fun. How about that? Yeah. Maeve McEnany with us. Uh, she does tours of Albany. She's the Education and Heritage Coordinator at the uh, Albany Visitors uh, Center. Um, you, you mentioned one tour, and I'm going to ask you about several of the tours that you uh, do. You um, said you did the, as far as you know, the original 
Albany Ghost Tour. Yeah. What are some of the stops along the way there? So that's fun. Um, I've started that tour as a trolley, uh, but currently uh, where that the original Albany Ghost Tour lives is out of Tenbrook Mansion. Uh, and we do a pub crawl every October with Historic Albany Foundation and Tenbrook Mansion. So that starts at the very haunted Tenbrook, uh, which was built in 1798. And so we, we spend a bulk of that tour before we start heading downtown just on that building. Uh, so 1798, that's where you had uh, General Abraham Tenbrook, and then later the Alcott family lived there. And so it is a traditional house museum. Uh, their gardens are beautiful. But what the Tenbrook Mansion did a number of years ago is they invited ghost hunters. They invited mm-hmm. ghost hunters, Tri-City New York Paranormal Society, and they have done investigations in there. So uh, it was, at the time, a little controversial. At that point, you know, these ghost hunting shows were just becoming popular. So the idea of a house museum inviting in ghost hunters, um, it, was, it was pretty interesting. But what was so fun about it uh, is I, I actually went to the first reveal is there were strange uh, paranormal images that they would find, you know, smoky women in white in the windows or uh, strange recordings. And what was fun is that in that first crowd, there were people in the audience who lived in the Tenbrook Triangle, or their parents did. And some of these eerie things that the ghost hunters found were suddenly echoed by the people who were in the audience who just sort of assumed the woman in white was folklore. Um, so, so we take that kind of story, you know, things that, mm-hmm. yes, we take the fun of the, you know, of the modern ghost hunters, but we also look back to uh, research folklore, and we pull in different tour guides, and, and we, we explore downtown Albany. And again, that idea of what's underfoot, you know, some mm-hmm. of your listeners who know Albany history, we're, we're not good about letting the dead rest in peace. <laughs> you know, how we keep digging up cemeteries like in Washington Park and moving the bodies around. So we keep that in mind as well as we're walking what is really under our feet. And I was uh, impressed to see the Tenbrock Mansion on your tour because I work downtown, but I never got that far. I never actually, actually saw it. Oh wow! Oh, it's great. Uh, it's I'm actually, and I'll let you know. I am on I'm on the board of Tembrook Mansion, uh, so it does have a, a special place in my heart. Uh, but they have been doing things like uh, live theater, um, so they do Shakespeare in the Garden. Uh, my brother, the playwright, uh, he uh, wrote a play about uh, the Lincoln dress, um, which is another ghost story that's featured on the pub crawl. Uh, it's going to be performed at Siena, but Tenbrook Mansion is hosting a fundraiser in June uh, to hopefully get that play once it performs in Siena to bring it to Romania. So, you know, the thing is, is with historic sites, the House Museum is really reinventing itself. Um, and I'm sure some of your listeners have, have seen that, where these sites that, yes, they have the Revolutionary War history, but it's also making them more community spaces. And Tenbrook Mansion has been really great about that. Thanks to Maeve McEnany, Education and Heritage Coordinator at the Albany Visitor Center. They're located in Quackenbush Square in uh, Albany. You can find them online at albany.org and find out about taking a tour. You've been listening to Talk of the Town on Magic 590 plus 100.5. We're also heard on two signals in the North Country, 1410 and 96.9. Thanks for listening. I'm Bob Cudmore.